Hello, and welcome back. I think I can say that now since this is like the sixth or seventh episode, and y'all keep coming back uh, to the Field Guide to Body Language podcast. My name is Laurel. I am a movement analyst and a body language nerd, and also your host. So today, I'm super excited about this, actually. Um, So today, we're going to do a little book review. And I wanted to do this because I just don't love any of the existing literature on the subject of body language. There's a lot of great stuff in the periphery, but if you go to the library or Amazon and you just type in body language, and I have, I just don't love what's available. In my reading experience, much of the existing literature focuses on positions and positions don't describe movement well. Many of them focus on specific body parts. And while admittedly, it can be valuable to focus momentarily on a single body part, you cannot take the movement of one part of the body out of context with what the rest of the body is doing. Okay. I will get off my soapbox. Um, Let me tell you about myself as a reader, just so that you know where I'm coming from and how I approach the material I read. Um, I listen to a lot of book reviews and I love to dig into book recommendations, but it becomes apparent really quick if the person recommending the book enjoys the same kind of reading I do or not. We might enjoy the same subject matter, but there's a lot more to a book recommendation than just the subject matter. The reader's background and current interests matter, We should always take into account other things the reader has read and may lay a foundation for any given book. And also the style of writing that the reader enjoys makes a big difference. So I'll try and be pretty thorough with all of that as I go through the individual recommendations. But before we start, you should know that I love a textbook. I'm totally serious. I love reading a well-written textbook. I don't read a lot of fiction. Yes, I have read Harry Potter. I'm not a completely hopeless case, but I do tend to enjoy academic reading. Hopefully you don't all tune out at this point. (laughs) Um, I also love to highlight, underline, dog ear pages, cross-references I read. And because I cross-references I read, I might get halfway through a book and pause to to go down a rabbit trail and then return six months later. Also of note, I have advanced dance degrees. I am really in tune with my body and how it moves, which makes a really big difference in reading this kind of literature. I also have an active movement practice. I do Pilates two to three times a week. And my full-time job is teaching Pilates. So I look at bodies and movement and alignment and body language and how they all intertwine all day long. So that's me in a nutshell. I I hope that helps you understand where I'm coming from. Also, Everything about all these books will be in the show notes. So if you're driving, you can just listen and come back to the notes later. I will leave like a title and the author and an Amazon link for you. So please drive safe. Don't take notes while you drive. First, first, we have How the Body Knows Its Mind by, and I'm probably going to butcher this, Sian Balak. Um, Balak is a professor of psychology and has PhDs in both kinesiology and psychology. Um, I picked this book up on vacation on a whim and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Actually, it, it might've been the highlight of that vacation. Um, but that's another story for my therapist. 
It's uh, this book is a super approachable, really light, easy read. And the author brings up some really interesting thought provoking points, which would actually make a great future episode. So let's say this. If you happen to read this book and you want to have a discussion or ask a question about its content, email me and we'll put all the questions together in an episode. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, Also, this is easily the most approachable book on the list. There's no prerequisite reading. You can just pick it up and enjoy it. I will also say that if you listen to the episode on body language and emotions, but didn't quite believe me when I said that they were related, you definitely want to read this. Um, Balak walks through how the body and the mind are connected and she cites her sources. There are almost 30 pages of notes at the end of the book. Needless to say, she did her homework. Next, the next book is The Meaning of Movement by Janet Kestenberg. I think her last name is Amiki. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong too, and I'm sorry. It's A-M-I-G-H-I. To be honest, this, this one is an acquired taste. If you love what we've covered so far on the podcast and are like hankering for more, this is a great book. It's a system deep dive into the Kestenberg movement profile, which deals with developmental movement. So if you remember last week, maybe a few weeks ago, I talked about how humans aren't born with fully developed brains and we learn how to move as our brains grow. So the two are intricately intertwined. Well, I have a deep dive to do to talk about that subject in a more depth way. And this book is on that deep dive list. It is expensive. It is pretty textbooky. Um, and it is definitely for someone with a background in therapy, psychology, or movement. And if you don't have those, I wouldn't recommend starting with this particular book. It's a great book. It's just not a great starting place. Okay, next we have The Dancing Dialogue by Susie Tortora. This book is about using movement to communicate with children. I'm almost positive it was written with DMTs in mind. Um, DMT stands for Dance Movement Therapist. Um, But I bought it because I have a gaggle of children to connect with, and I loved it. It is a bit textbooky, and it's deep. But if you have a background in therapy or psychology or movement, this is an easy read. That being said, Tortora lays out the theory that she uses at the beginning of this book, and it's all lob on movement analysis. Um, so if you've been listening to the podcast, you're already ahead of the game. Um, and then she builds on it beautifully. As a parent, I think this book is invaluable. If you're coming into this subject fresh, be prepared to do a little bit of Google searching, but it is well worth the effort. Tortora covers everything you could possibly want to know and a little bit more about nonverbal communication with children. She's incredibly thorough, and most of what she says is applicable to adults as well. She just mostly works with kids. Okay, next on the list is Making Connections by Peggy Hackney. Honestly, I don't even know where to start with this book. I love it so much. I have read it at least four times. And every time I read it, some new revelation comes to me. Peggy Hackney has training in Laban movement analysis, and she worked directly with Ermgard Bartinieff. And we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. So let me give you just a little bit of background information. For those of you who don't know, I am a Laban movement analyst. And if you go to my website, you can read my bio and you can also read about Rudolf Laban, who created the system of Laban movement analysis. 
Um, and when Rudolf Laban was creating his system, some ideas he would develop completely by his by himself, like the space category. Uh, you remember how we talked about body, effort, shape, and space? Laban did the whole space category by himself, probably while sitting naked in his attic, if we're going to be completely honest, but whatever, you know, however you need to be creative. Sure. Um, other ideas though, like the body category that we just mentioned, he would build a foundation or have an idea for a foundation, and then he'd pass it along to one of his students. He just had more thoughts and ideas than he had time to develop fully. So he passed the body category along to Ermgard Bartiniev. And she was one of his students. She was also a physical therapist and maybe an occupational therapist. Um, I feel like at some point in history, physical therapists and occupational therapists was kind of all grouped into one profession and then they split off, but I could be completely wrong there. I'm pretty sure that Bartiniev has training, had, had training in both. Um, but she was the one who did who identified the patterns of total body connectivity, which are something else we haven't talked about on the podcast yet. And they will definitely be getting episodes all to themselves. But if you want a head start, making connections is it. I would say that if you have a dance or even a performing arts background or any sort of physical therapy or athletic training background, this book will be pretty easily approachable. If you don't, you can still read this book. Just go into it with an open mind and don't be afraid to reread chapters if it doesn't stick the first time around. The author does write out specific movement experiences in every chapter, um, which I didn't use for myself, but it's something that would be really helpful for someone who doesn't have a regular movement practice and just wants to give it a go. Next, we have Interplay, um, and this is by Adler, Rosenfeld, and Proctor. As you can tell from the multiple authors, it is indeed a textbook. I was looking for a textbook on communication that would cover all of communication to fill in my background knowledge because I don't really have any like communications training, if that makes sense. Um, but also I wanted to see where nonverbal communication fit in and what it looked like from the world of communication academia. Um, body language tends to be tackled in two academic circles, performing arts and communications. And as far as I know, they don't really talk to each other. There isn't any substantial crossover work that I found yet. So I felt like I needed to see what nonverbal communication looked like from the other side of the fence. Fortunately for me, one of my sisters is a communications professor, and this is the book she uses in one of her classes. It is expensive, and I bought an older edition to save money. I just kept searching older and older editions until I found one that was under 20 bucks. So I had the 11th edition, and I haven't read the newest editions. Um, there were a couple of things that were outdated, like there was a section on emojis before they were referred to as emojis. Um, but really, the older edition, for my purposes, was just fine. And Interplay is very readable. Um, and because it's a textbook, all of the sections are clearly marked. So you can pick and choose what you want to spend your time reading, which is, I got to say, that's a lovely little benefit of textbooks. Okay, next on the list is Sensing, Feeling, and Action by Bonnie Bainbridge Cohen. Um, and I like my mouth fumbles over her name a lot. So I always just refer to her as BBC. Um, she is trained in Laban movement analysis, like I am, and she built onto her Laban foundation and created her own system, which is called Body Mind Centering. 
She teaches a lot of movement classes and she really likes to bring the world of thought and physicality together. And this book is one of the products of that exploration process. It is pretty anatomical, and I would highly recommend you have a basic knowledge of anatomy or dance, or at least be willing to do a bit of Googling to stay on top of the anatomical terms. Um, She will definitely stretch your thinking on what is possible in the body. She's on Instagram, and her thought process and her approach to her work are very accurately represented on her account. And I would highly recommend you scroll through her Instagram account before you buy the book, just to get a feel for how she thinks. I really enjoyed this book. Every other person that I've recommended this to has also enjoyed it. Um, But if you scroll through her Instagram account and you think she's off her rocker, then Sensing, Feeling, and Action isn't the right book for you. Okay. Next we have how the body keeps the score. This is by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. Um, please be aware that if you decide to read this book, van der Kolk does work with trauma survivors and some of the stories are just heart wrenching. So if that's something that will be triggering for you, please, please take care of yourself there. Um, van der Kolk does look how the at how the body and the mind are both affected by trauma and how they heal from trauma. He's worked with and studied two groups that he addresses in the book, Vietnam veterans and also children. Because he's an MD, he can address how the mind and the body kind of walk together in a very academic way, which I really appreciate because that's not always the norm in medical circles. But when medical professionals do embrace the connections between how the mind and the body connect, it's very powerful and very convincing. Um, This is a New York Times bestseller. It is really, really well written. Um, The subject matter is riveting. Um, He does talk about how trauma is held in the body, but in the entire last section of the book, he talks about methods of recovery. And so it does end on a high note. This does have a bit of technical jargon, but Vanderkolk explains everything really well. So I feel like anyone could pick this book up and enjoy it. Next, we have Taking Root to Fly by Irene Dowd. This is a tiny little book, like almost a pamphlet, and it's a collection of articles on anatomy, and it is anatomy heavy. There are a lot of anatomical terms and discussions of alignment issues and functional movement considerations, so it is definitely not for everyone. But if you're a movement professional like a dancer, fitness instructor, massage or physical therapist, this is a delightful little read. Her writing is really deep, but because this is a collection of articles while I was reading it, I felt like I could read one article and ponder it for a month or two and then read another. Irene Dowd writes beautifully. Honestly, I think one of the reasons that I'm drawn to her writing is that it feels like I'm reading poetry and that resonates with me on a deep level because the more I learn about human movement, the more poetic it is. Last but not least, we have Anatomy Trains by Thomas Myers. If you are interested in anatomy at all, this is the place to be. Whether you are well-versed or brand new to anatomy, this is the place. Thomas Myers is brilliant. He's taken a rather unconventional approach to anatomy and made it much more interesting than any other anatomy textbook I have ever read. And I have read several and fallen asleep reading most of them. 
But Myers talks a lot about the structure of the body and also how it moves rather than just focusing on labeling body parts. And he has this dry sense of humor that pops up every now and again and makes this really entertaining and delightful read. Thomas Myers is a rolfer. And if you are not familiar with rolfing or Ida Rolf, she taught a very deep, very strategic form of massage therapy. So there are a fair amount of massage therapy references in the book, but again, it's a textbook. Uh, So the sections are marked and you can skip the massage therapy references if you want. This is why I love textbooks, folks. You know exactly what you're getting into. Um, Myers has a couple of collections of articles on anatomy and movement, and some of them you might be able to search and find on the internet on various massage therapy websites. Like if you just search Thomas Myers and that's M Y E R S articles. Um, but they're all available in print in two books, body cubed, which when you search for it looks like body. And then the number three and the anatomist's corner. When I was first digging into his work, I found the SOAS series online, which if I remember correctly is a series of three articles, but the SOAS is a muscle and it's spelled P-S-O-A-S. And in the title of the series, the SOAS series, Myers spelled them both with a P-S. And that's just the kind of dry, sneaky humor he writes with. I find it very entertaining. Um, and again, you could search and find an older edition if this if that suits your budget. Um, and if you're just wanting to kind of dip your toe in the water and get acquainted with anatomy. Um, I, I just want to go down a little rabbit trail here. Um, Ida Rolf, Joseph Pilates, and Rudolf Laban are all products of the gymnastic movement that happened at the turn of the last century in Europe. So they, um, so they all have similar approaches to the body, which is one of the reasons I like Meyer's approach to anatomy more than another approach. Um, And one of the reasons I like the Pilates workouts so much, everything feels very intertwined and connected because the anatomy and the movement are addressed in consistent ways that have the body and the mind walking hand in hand. I'm going to stop there before I get too far into Nerdville, but I could seriously talk about these three modalities and how they intertwine for hours. Okay, that's it, folks. Those are all my recommendations. If you have any questions about anything we covered today, or you want more information on the resources I listed, you can DM me on Instagram. I am at Laurel Foley or email me um, at laurel at fieldguidetobodylanguage.com. Happy reading. 